we're going to talk about hearing and hearing the Word of God. And hearing such an important part of, of our growth process. And I want to share with you a story by a gentleman. He wrote this book. Super, if, you, if you like to read, you know, jot this down. Tom Rainer, T-H-O-M is his name. It's called The Unexpected Journey. I only bring that up because the story I'm about to tell you is so sensational that you might say, oh, okay, who's the crazy nuthead that came up with that story? Tom Rainer is steeped in the Southern Baptist Church, so he's not a wild, crazy person who looks for sensational stuff. In fact, if you, if you read this story, you would say, wow, Tom says he believes it. He actually believes this story about this gal, and I do too. And it's about a gal named Kathy who was just disconnected from spiritual things and kind of looking all of her life. And then she got involved in the Wicca, which is a, a Wiccan is a, a witch. They often call themselves Wiccans or they call themselves witches. By the way, she wasn't looking for a bunch of power or anything or wanted to control people or rule the world or anything like that. She just wanted to make a connection to something that satisfied her spiritually. In the process of all this, she found out that that didn't satisfy her really well. So she, she started learning about Egyptian gods, and she began to worship different gods, and there's lots of different gods going on. Well, Kathy ends up uh, having a co-worker that would, he was in a wheelchair, and he'd will buy every now and then, he'd say, Kathy, he said, I'm praying for you. She said, it's interesting, because it had all different kinds of responses. One was um, cursing at him, another <laughs> was, uh, you know, being snide, another one was, go ahead and pray, I don't believe in your God anyway. And he kept saying, I'm going to pray for you. She kept encountering this guy named Ed and his love for, for the Lord and for her, apparently. And so she's on this journey. The story is so amazing. If you ever get the book, you know, it, it's so powerful that I'd like to spend the whole 25 minutes just telling you about the story. But what ends up happening is they're having all kinds of problems with this computer program. And she's in the computer department in this pretty big company. And the boss is blaming it on her. And by the way, she hated the boss and the boss hated her. So they had this hatred towards each other. And so she sends out all these emails everywhere asking for help. Does anybody know how to fix this thing? We got this software that won't work. And she said, I didn't write the software. It wasn't my problem, but I was getting blamed for all of it. And then eventually, uh, one day, she says a prayer. She said, it was more like actually a challenge to God. She said, if you're out there, help me fix this computer problem. She'd been going on for months. She'd sent out lots of emails. All of a sudden, a little, after, a little while after praying that prayer, she gets this email not from some strange, innocuous, general kind of email address. It, said, it was like from bob at christian.com. And she thought, that's crazy. And he said, hey, I just felt like I needed to send you this email. We had the same problem. We added this three lines of code. It fixed everything. She adds those three lines of code. Bang, everything's worked. It's amazing. Well, she calls the guy and says, you just made me believe in God. And said, I got all kinds of questions. And he just so happened, isn't it amazing how God just so happens happen, that she just, he just so happens to have gone through an entire course on Christian apologetics, where she learned, he learned how to defend the faith and what Christianity is about and why we believe what we believe. She had all these questions she kept asking. And so then she decides, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And he gives her a simple gospel. They pray together. She gives her life to Jesus. The very next day is vacation for her. So her and her husband... And two kids go off on vacation, this little campgrounds on this beach and of the ocean. And she says, I'm going to go to church. And so they find this little Assembly of God church, and they go to it. And 
she can't hear. I forgot to tell you that part of the story. She's got a disease that just keeps removing her hearing, and she's got very little hearing left. She has hearing aids, but they don't work. She doesn't even use them half the time, and she lip reads. She says normally she gets about 50% of any kind of lecture she's in. That's about it. But this morning, she's watching this preacher preach. She gets all of it, 100%. So she goes up afterwards and says, oh, my goodness, I don't know what skill you have or how you do this, you know, to be able to speak to where deaf people can read your lips. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I just preach the same way I always preach. And she said, I got this hearing problem and can't hear very well at all. And he said, let me pray for you. And she thought, I've never had that happen before. Anybody has to pray for me. So he prays for her for God to touch and heal her hearing. Well, she goes back to camp with her family after as soon as she gets there. How's this for going to church one day old as a believer? And she just got prayed for healing. She gets violently ill. She goes into the the bathhouse, and she begins to throw up over and over and over and over. And she's dehydrated, sick. She's been in there forever. And she hears what she believes is the Lord. Now, again, she's one day old in the Lord, so she doesn't have a lot of background in all this. But she hears something in her heart that says, Kathy, you need to renounce all your other gods. And she thought, well, I didn't know that. I thought Jesus was just going to be one of my other because I really like these Egyptian gods and I've, I've you know, worshipped and, and loved. Oh, another thing, Jesus appears to her in a dream two nights in a row before she gets saved and says, I love you with sign language. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and, and she's aggravated by it. She's, she's actually aggravated about Jesus being in her dream. She do not want to have anything to do with Jesus, but then, of course, she gets saved. So she starts renouncing these Egyptian gods. Again, Tom Rainer says, I'm telling you, she, she did not try to get us to be sensational. I believe what she's telling me, I think, is the divine work of God. And she says she starts denouncing these, these Egyptian gods, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, and all the folklore and superstition, everything she'd embraced all of her life. She said she got better. She also said she actually saw some of these demonic... She first figured this out. They aren't gods at all. They're demons. And so she started realizing, I've been set free from all this stuff. She goes back to her husband and family and tells them the story. And when her husband responds, guess what? She hears him with her ears. All of a sudden, she begins to hear the ocean and the birds and her children and everything. And she says, it was absolutely amazing. She, after the vacation, she goes to her doctor and says, check this out. And so he checks it out. And he says, I have never, ever seen this debilitating hearing loss ever reversed. I have no record of it ever being reversed. She said, God did it. You know what he said? I highly doubt that. <laughs> he went on to explain why God couldn't have done that. She said, I knew God did it. And she said, I thank God for him every day. I think about that as we're on the topic of hearing, and I think our physical hearing is very important. But it all began with her spiritual hearing. She heard something in her heart and felt like that was the Lord, and she responded to it. Now, I don't believe the things we hear in our heart trump the Scripture. Are you with me? I mean, if you heard something that, that violates Scripture, but that doesn't violate Scripture. And so she responded to it. She renounced all those gods. Jesus heals her physically, and she has a spiritual health. And I was reminded how Jesus... Remember, Jesus says in the uh, book of Revelation, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is saying to the churches. And then Jesus also mentioned several times throughout Scripture in the Gospels, let he who has ears to hear, hear. That's an interesting thing because he's talking with people with ears. They all hear. So obviously he's talking about spiritual hearing. Well, you will hear me beat the drum all the time that we need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. 
I'm not changing that challenge, but I want us to see the process to being a doer, the process to being obedient is this process of hearing. It all begins with hearing. You don't know what to do until you hear. So I want to look at some translations. Uh, they're, they're slightly different. In Deuteronomy 28, it says, and this is the King James, Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. It says this. I know you normally, you don't even have to have a Bible here. You're lazy. You just look up here and you see it, okay? And we don't have that today. So Deuteronomy 28.1, you probably have a Bible on all your smart devices. King James says this, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken or listen diligently or carefully to the voice of the Lord. Now, get that. King James says, hearken, listen, voice of the Lord. Here's the New International Version. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all of his commands I give you today. So one says hear and listen, and the other says obey. And you think, well, I, I don't know what's up with that. Are they wrong? No, they're, they're both right because the word shema for hear in Hebrew is a great big word. It's kind of like the word shalom. If you ever look up the word shalom, you say, oh, shalom means peace. You ought to look it up. It means all kinds of things. Health, well-being, you know, all, all kinds of stuff's in that word shalom. Well, all kinds of stuff is in the word the shema. In fact, the Jewish people have a shema. They say, hear, O Israel, hear, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. And they, they quote it every morning and every evening as their devotion to God. Well, this word shema, I, I started, well, I heard this thing, and I, I sent it a couple of years ago, and I want to pass it along to you. It, it means to hear, to listen. But since we don't have an overhead for this, you can just jot this down. It, if you go to YouTube, and would type in S-H-E-M-A, Shema, dash listen, it'll come up with this cartoon kind of, I mean, an adult cartoon looking thing, not a little kitty thing, and uh, it'll, it'll talk about that. And wh what they say in there is that in the Hebrew language, there is no word for obey. Isn't that interesting? You say, you've got to be kidding me. Everything about the Hebrew Bible, everything about the Old Testament is listen and obey, listen and obey, listen and obey, listen and obey. So there's nothing, so the Hebrew word, there's no Hebrew word for obey. What there is is the Hebrew word shema, which means to listen or hear, and tangled up in that, entwined in that, is the concept of obeying. The, the word's big. There's no robust enough word in the English language to catch it, so we have to say listen, hearken, hear, obey, do. All those things are part of the word Shema. Now, we might say, well, that seems odd, but it's not really because think about it. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody? Maybe parents are talking to your kids. Kids, maybe you're talking to your parents. And when you're done, you say to yourself, they didn't hear a word I said. Now, what do you mean? Do you mean that the sound waves didn't go to their ears and it didn't, you know, turn into words. And in fact, I think hearing is absolutely a magical miracle from God, if you ever study that out. We, you know they heard. You know the sound waves worked, the ears worked, it translated into words, they understood what you said. What we're saying is, what we're saying is, they heard me, but they didn't hear me. They heard me, but they're not going to do a thing I told them to. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to do anything I told them to do. Hmm, interesting. Well, we understand that, that hearing and doing, in our minds, even go together. There's a story of this uh, attorney, this uh, doctor, and this pastor, preacher, who were out hunting. They were out deer hunting. First day of deer season, they're out there, they're all buddies. They're getting ready to get set up when a big buck comes by. And so they all pull up on the buck, shoot, and the buck falls. 
And so they go over and they realize it's only been hit by one bullet. And so they're all arguing over who shot this buck. Well, the game warden comes over and says, what's going on? So what's it? Well, he said, we all shot at this, but we just want to know who actually killed this buck. So he inspects it and he said, well, so what are you guys doing? One said, well, I'm an attorney. Another one said, I'm a doctor. The other one said, I'm a preacher. And so he examined the buck some more and he said, the preacher killed the buck. He said, how in the world do you know that? He said, because the bullet went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> and <laughs> don't do that to me. <laughs> I don't want to go in one ear and out the other, you know. Sometimes we feel like that we share. So let the word of God take root. In fact, the, the Lord teaches us that if we're careful to hear and be doers of what we hear, that we'll be blessed. And so we want to be good hearers and good doers. So hearing is very, very important. In fact, in Mark 4, 24, it records that Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Now, what we hear, you know, I've been harping for a few weeks on, on having a Christian worldview because I was just heartbroken when I read that only 9% of Christians have a Christian worldview. Only 9%. And then we talked about out of Psalm 1, blessed is the one who does not stand in, receive from the ungodly counsel and advice. But think about it. What our podcasts, what we watch on TV, what we listen to on the radio, what we read, most of it's ungodly. Now, what I mean by ungodly is not that the people are evil and they're horrible and they're God-haters. They just don't know God. So they're un-God, and they're sharing all their insights and viewpoints and what they really believe is true. We need the Word of God to transform us. So we need to be very careful what we hear. Don't think it odd if after you've pumped in you know, 15 hours of the world's philosophy on how to do life, that you're confused, that you don't have more belief in the Bible, that you hear, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes once a week. No. We need to keep putting the Word of God in us every day. The second thing is Luke 8, 18. Jesus says, be careful how you hear. I think that's interesting. Be careful how you hear. <laughs> how do you hear? Do you, like in Deuteronomy 28, are you hearing diligently and intently? Are you listening intently to the Word? Are you really trying to absorb it and keep it and hold it in your heart? It's very important to, because sometimes, and we're all guilty of this, sometimes we're not listening, we're just waiting for our turn to talk. You ever notice that? Now, some people can't hide it as well. So when they're waiting for their turn to talk, uh-huh, 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 and they're like, I'm not hearing anything you say, but as soon as you take a breath, man, I got all kinds of stuff I want to say. And so we don't really listen. We need to be careful. Sometimes we need to ask questions. We need to be intent. We need to find out what's going on, not just take everything just at surface value. There's a big revival going on, big tent revival in the town one day, and everybody seemed to be showing up, and, and uh, this fiery revivalist was preaching. After the service was over, he said, if anybody wants prayer for anything, you can come forward. And so big Ed in town goes up, introduces himself, and he says, I'd like for you to pray for my hearing. Man, as soon as he said that, hand on his forehead, finger in his ear. He prays a fiery, passionate prayer for healing and deliverance and da-da-da and everything. And, and he pops his hand off, pops his finger out of his ear, and he says, so big Ed, how's your hearing? He said, I don't know. My hearing's not till next week at the county courthouse. So <laughs> some, sometimes you need a few more details about what you're, what you're praying for. So don't be too anxious. Learn and, and listen. So Hearing physically, hearing spiritually, both are incredibly important. 
Hebrews 4, 2. Hebrews 4, chapter 2. This story about Hebrew, in Hebrews 4 is about the children of Israel who were in slavery in Egypt. And they're under the power of Pharaoh. And then God delivered them with a mighty hand. I imagine most of you are probably familiar with that story. If you're not, that's okay. It's a beautiful story in the Old Testament. It's God's mighty hand of deliverance for his people who are caught up in slavery. So they get free, and God wants to move them into a promised land. There's no doubt about it. They're supposed to move into the promised land. It's supposed to be like a 40, 50-day journey. I forget exactly. And then they're going to go in and take over the promised land. If you remember the story, they heard, you're going to live in, in houses you didn't build. You're going to enjoy vineyards you didn't plant. You're going to enjoy all this. Someone may say, well, that seems wrong if it's somebody else's land. But you know what? This was a land that was given to Abraham almost a half a millennia earlier. And so the children of Israel are going to possess it. And they heard that, but Roman, or Hebrews 4 tells us that they didn't enter, that they did not enter that land. Here's what it says. For indeed the gospel, the good news of rest, was preached to us as well as them, the them being the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Did you hear that? The, they had the word of God. The word of God did not profit them. This is the New King James Version. Did not profit them. It was of no value to them. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Or they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. There were two people out of that generation that heard and obeyed. They were ready to go possess the land. Does anybody remember who those two people were? Joshua and Caleb. And that whole generation died. It took 40 years for that generation to die in the wilderness, and Joshua and Caleb did indeed go in and possess the promised land. Those who obeyed entered the rest. Now there's this link between hearing and obeying. But again, how do we get better at obeying? Now, I won't ask for a show of hands because all of us would raise our hands. All of us would like to come, if, if you love Jesus, you would like to come to a whole new, higher level of obedience. That you would like to say, hold on, I want to yield more of my heart, more of my life, more of my mind, more of my attitude to the lordship of Jesus. And there's probably something in your, your heart that you're, you know, dealing with or struggling with. And, and that's okay, we're growing, we're moving forward in this, so we keep growing. So how can I do this better? How can I obey better? Well, the natural human way is this. Try harder. Just more self-effort, more self-will. Bear down, make it happen. Exercise self-denial, exercise willpower. But you might notice this. 99% of us aren't too good at that. I don't know if you've ever thought, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch my eating. I'll tell you what. After I get done at a buffet, I have such confidence in my ability. I am going to, you know what, until I get hungry again. It's interesting because we, we're going to have all this self-will, but we find out the self-will doesn't work that well. In fact, it's something interesting. The Bible's not too supportive of self-will and self-effort when it comes to making ourselves behave. God does never say, yeah, you can make yourself behave, but God's very supportive and the scripture is very supportive of us allowing the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. If we would have stayed in Hebrews chapter 4, we would have found out this, that God says that he wants us to cease from our labors. He wants us to quit using our own efforts and energies, but make every effort. You go, I thought you just told us not to use effort. Now you're saying make every effort, but watch this. Make every effort to enter that rest. What God is saying is he's not opposed to effort or energy, but we need to channel it in the right direction. 
We need to channel it towards growing spiritually. Because if you go to Galatians 5, we're not going to turn there, but Galatians 5 will say, here's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And when you read, it's just all beautiful stuff. It's love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and goodness. And self-control is one in there. If you go to the works of the flesh, just a few verses down, it'll say, but the works of the flesh are obvious and they are these. And then it will list them. And you will notice that the works of the flesh are absent of any self-control. So you think about this, you say, hold, if I try to make my flesh behave, my flesh, obviously we're seeing here in Galatians 5, isn't good at it. So I need to grow spiritually so I can build up that fruit of self-control. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, not a fruit of your flesh. And so that's where we want to put our energy into, to growing in that area. Now, it says that in Hebrews 4, all the children of Israel died except two. The two that believed, they moved in. So they moved in because they mixed what they heard with faith. They really, really believed. So we need faith in God's word to produce obedience. But how, according to the Bible, do we get faith? Well, we find that in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, this is true of anything you're trying to grow in, anything. But this particular topic is about salvation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, not that I'm an English, you know, major by any means. And, of course, you've heard me talk enough that you know that's true. But this word hearing is an imperfect verb or what I would call present progressive or present continuous. It means that you do it and you keep doing it. Are you with me? You do it, and you keep doing it. Now, Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. That is a perfect verb. It was done. One and done. We all agree that Jesus died once for all. He's not dying every week or every month or every day or every time we sin. He doesn't go back to the cross. He, he, doesn't do, he did it once and for all. After he did everything, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, Hebrews tells us. It was one and done. But most of the things in our faith are present progressives they keep on keeping on in Matthew 7 you'll find a story about ask seek and knock everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds everyone who knocks the door will be open for them but it's knock and keep on knocking it's seek and keep on seeking it is ask and keep on asking and it's the same way with hearing we hear and keep on hearing so faith doesn't come by having heard someone may say I've heard enough Bible last me in a lifetime no you haven't that's wrong Faith doesn't come by having heard, because if it had, we probably all have heard enough. We've heard enough. But it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and continuing to hear. It's just like this. Nobody says this. Hey, you want to go to lunch today? Hey, I've had all the food I ever feel like eating. I've eaten so many times. I've eaten enough for an entire lifetime. Do you realize this? If you're over like two or three years old, you've had thousands of meals, thousands already by two to three years old. But we keep eating because there's nutrients and energy and life that comes from that. And, so, and if you do decide, I've eaten all the food I care to eat for a lifetime, then your lifetime will be shutting down pretty soon. It'll be 30 to 40 days. You will be done if you quit eating. So if you want the good news of God's word to profit you, to be effective, you and I must mix it with faith. It must be mixed with faith. Again, what do most of us do? We hear something from the word of God. We say, this is good, this is true, this is right. And then we say, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make it happen. Do you remember the Galatians where Paul said, who bewitched you? Who tripped you up? 
You started off in the spirit, but now you're trying to finish in the flesh. It doesn't work. And so the energy God wants us to apply is towards growing up spiritually, to keep growing spiritually. So God's not opposed to human effort, but just apply it to the right thing. Because we've all tried and tried and tried to do all kinds of things that didn't work, we need to try and put our effort towards growing spiritually. Now, when I hear something in God's word, it's good and it's true and it's right, then I have to be careful that I don't say, I'm going to make this happen, but I'm going to say, Lord, help me. Because God causes us both to, do, to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's the working of God. Uh, Larry Shelf and I were talking this morning. I said, everything in God's word, you know what it really does? It's always pointing us right back to Jesus. Every time we say, I'm, I'm confident, I got this, I got that, I can make this happen, we start realizing, no, I can't. I'm totally, utterly, always dependent upon Jesus for my spiritual growth and for life. So we can't just put in more human effort. Now, there are times, sometimes you do just hear something once, it really hits with you, you're energized by it, you do it, and it's all taken care of. And isn't that wonderful? But if I polled you all, you'd probably say, that did happen to me a few times. Most of the time I have to keep on growing, keep on learning, keep on hearing, keep on progressing. I can't just double down on my own physical energy. It just won't work. But we need to keep on hearing. We need to keep on listening. We need to keep on feeding our spirit. Then the Bible says, faith will arise. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Not by having heard, so I hear and I listen and I grow. I hear and I listen and grow. Now, I saw this played out in my life many years ago before I was even pastor here. Darlene and I were sitting in church, and the pastor was doing a series on prayer. Now, when I do a series, it's generally three or four long. Well, we went three sermons on prayer, four sermons on prayer, five sermons on prayer, seven sermons on prayer. I'm saying, I get it. We got enough sermons on prayer, don't we? We had eight sermons on prayer, nine sermons on prayer. About the ninth sermon, I went, I need to pray. Isn't it interesting? I knew all about prayer. I, I could pass the test, but I started looking and thinking, I need to energize my prayer life. That finally, that faith to do that came by hearing and hearing and hearing, and hearing even beyond what I thought I needed. I thought I, I had all that. But then here's the lesson I learned. When I've really heard the biblical hearing, I will be doing. When I've really heard, I will be doing. If, if your prayer life is not very good at all, and I launch a series on prayer, don't say to yourself, I've heard 10 sermons on series on prayer. No, if you're not praying, then you need to say, hold it, I, I need to hear this again. I need to hear and hear and hear. And there's something that I found out. If you really have something down, like say you really are an awesome prayer warrior, and that's just something you've really grown in. If I said to you, next week I'm going to launch a six-part series on developing our prayer life, prayer warriors always say, yes. You notice that? They would, should be the ones that would say, I don't really need that. But they say, yes. Why? Because they love prayer. It's in their spirit. It's in their life. It's generally those of us who aren't praying very well. Oh, not another series on prayer, please. But we need to hear and hear and hear and keep hearing and keep hearing. So what happens is after we hear and hear and hear, we build faith. And then hearing is linked with doing. But we can't be good doers until we have faith. And so all that hearing processes builds our faith, and then we get the prize. You know what the prize is? Obeying. The prize is obeying. The prize is, do, the prize is doing it. You say, why is that the prize? Well, you notice that it didn't profit the Old Testament folks 
and they died in the desert because they didn't mix what they heard with faith. It would have been profitable for them. It would have been a blessing for them to have heard and done and believed and had faith and moved right on into the promised land. But they didn't. So what happens is when we profit from the word of God, it creates blessings in our lives. Now, what do we do when we have blessings? Here's what we should do when we have blessings. Share it with others. There's nothing in scripture that I see that God wants you blessed just so you can hunker down and do your own thing. Remember the farmer who said, I've had another bumper crop. I'm going to tear down my barns, build bigger ones, store it all up for myself. Then I will say to myself, you have goods the last many years. You know, eat, drink, and be merry. And the Lord says, you fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who will get those things that you have stored up? So what we have to do is we, nothing wrong with getting, but we get to give. We get to give. I, I am always frustrated when people are, again, now I get, you know me well enough, to, I get that you can take anything to extreme. But I believe God wants us to be financially blessed. I didn't say God wants you to have a private jet and yachts and homes around the world. But I do believe God wants us to be financially blessed. Why? So we can be a blessing. You ever hear a missionary and you go, oh my goodness, I love their, I love their ministry. I want to give. Uh, oh, I don't have anything. We want to be blessed so we can give, so we can be givers. So as we begin to hear the word, build faith in our hearts, do the word, then we become a blessing. And if you'll go through that journey, you don't have to read the book, but it is a great book, The Unexpected Journey by Tom Rainer. You'll find out there's a theme through all these people who left their religions, their false religions, and came to Jesus. You know what it was? You'll find this in almost every story. They met a believer who loved. They met a believer who cared. Ed, year after year after year, I'm praying for you, Kathy. I'm believing the best for you, Kathy. I'm praying for you, Kathy. And when we begin to grow in our walk with God, then we'll be different. People will look at us and say, there's something different about them. And different, by the way, doesn't have to be weird or bizarre, although it will still be kind of weird and bizarre to the world because they won't understand why. Like, a lot of times people say this. I've, I've heard this before. Well, you say you Christians are blessed. I know somebody doesn't even believe in God, and they got more stuff than you have. So? I think we've got a real problem with understanding what blessed is. Uh, it, the Bible doesn't say, you know, that's the world's thing. The, remember the bumper sticker? He who dies with the most toys wins. That's the world's philosophy. God says life does not consist in the abundance of the things that we possess. In fact, when you get things, you'll find that you'll hold them loosely and you'll gladly share them or give them away. But we get blessed so we can be a blessing. And then our lives have something, as the world says, maybe that person who's got all those toys says, I just got another toy and I'm not satisfied. Why are you so satisfied? My car is better than yours. My home is better than yours. My vacations are better than yours. My clothes are better than yours. Why are you so satisfied? We can say, it's Jesus. And we can share that. And then what happens when we go through this process, hearing, building faith, doing the word of God, then all of a sudden our lives get transformed and people look at us and say, these people really believe it. These people really are different. And then maybe we can be like Ed and share the love of Jesus with somebody. And that love begins to overtake. Our prayers begin to matter. Something begins to happen. Someone encourage us. Let's walk in our blessings so we can be a blessing. And let's create this through hearing and hearing and hearing, building our faith and doing. And next week we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about James chapter 1 because we'll hear this all the time. 
be doers of the word and not hearers only. 